0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker preview, the York Ebor Festival preview podcast and video. This is the preview for day one of the York Ebor Festival. uh, And I am joined, the Wednesday I should say, and I am joined by Odds Checker's two very own tipsters, uh, the, the old guard, I'll say, Andy Holding, who's been with us for a long while and very popular indeed as well. Andy, good to have you here with us.
1: Yeah, good to be here as always, George. Yeah, I always look forward to these. It kind of like trains your mind into getting uh, switched on and to uh, get focused into how the, the week might pan out. Obviously, we all do the weather forecast and try and uh, get a bit of a heads up there and see if we can nick it a little bit of value. And, and um, hopefully we can give the punters one or two um, nice steers towards the middle to back end of the week.
0: Absolutely. We're recording this at about half past 12 on Monday afternoon, so I definitely need something to help me focus. Uh, fingers crossed you're the same as well. Daryl Carter the, of the Odds Checker Daily Nap. Daryl, how are you doing? Good to have you
2: here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I really look forward to these. Uh, should just say the naps have uh, been a bit uh, wayward this week, but uh, we're on a little bit of a bad run. But uh, things have definitely turned around. I really look forward to this meeting every year. So hopefully we've, uh, we've got a few decent tips lined up for the viewers today
0: fingers crossed, and you say you're in a bit of a bad run, but by the time this goes out this afternoon, you never know. Maybe you'll be one from one this week, so fingers crossed. That's we'll it. have to see. The one place you can find Daryl's daily nap is on the Odds Checker app, and it's the fastest way you can get Andy's apps every day as well. Andy's tips, I should say, every day as well. So make sure you download the Odds Checker app. It's a thing to do now so that as we we're talking through the races, as I say, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so some of these prices... Might be a little bit dated, Um, so get the app out, follow along with us as we go, and you can get all the best prices, the best bookie offers, the best free bets, and the very best tipsters, including the two on the line with me right now as well. Let's get into the racing. And as I say, this is the preview for Wednesday's racing. We're going to record Thursday after this, and then on Thursday, we're going to record Friday and Saturday. So we've got you absolutely covered. Um, And before we talk about uh, the... The, the first race of the day before we talk about the handicap, I should mention that the bet Fair exchange have a brilliant offer for York called the free bet streak. Simply bet 20 pounds on the opening race of the festival and when it settles you'll receive a 20 pound free bet. This is on the exchange, not the sports book. This can then be split into multiple bets and if you win that bet, you receive a further free bet for the following day and so on. So something to think about. we're <laughs> going to come back to that in a second. but Andy, I'm going to come to you first here before, just after I've run through the market. So Joal is the eight to one favorite. Uh, we have Arecibo, 12 to one, Lahore, 12 to one, Jonah Jones, 12 to one, Aplomb, 14 to one, Acclaim the Nation, 14 to one, Magic J, 14 to one, 22 left in there as it stands. Most firms have gone five places. Um, a tough one to try and solve uh, first up of the week.
1: Yeah. Um, real baptism of fire, is isn't it? Yeah, to get stuck into this race. Um, it's. I, I think it's a race tradition. I, I've had a little bit of a go in the last few years and, and haven't really had too much success. So I think I'm probably going to skip this one with regards to putting a tip out for odds checker. I usually end up putting about four or five horse in the place spot. And I've sometimes actually gone out by putting in as many as that. So it shows you how difficult the, this race is to kick off. Draw, obviously, major really importance and where the, where the pace is. And, and the weather, of course, as well. Looking at the long range forecast, I think. Today, tomorrow, and in particular going into Wednesday, that's when we're likely to get the worst of the weather. But then from sort of Thursday, Friday onwards, into the weekend, it's going to be nice and dry. So I think it's going to be on the easier side, perhaps um, come Wednesday stroke into Thursday. So do bear that in mind if you're punting here. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a soft spot and a sucker for a horse called Magic Jay, who I, I tipped on the odd checker pages last time out at Ascot. And to my horror, he got the worst possible ride you can imagine for a horse... Um, who often gets a hold-up ride. His, his previous victories, um, particularly the sand down the time before when he was held up off the speed and then came through, I was hoping that Eugene Murphy would do that exactly the same. But he took this horse to the front last time out to my horror. Even after two furlongs, even though he was travelling and trading short and running, I knew he wouldn't go home. Um, so many horses are front runners. Uh, it's a front runners' graveyard, asking so many that tried to do what he did succumbed to the deep closers, and that's exactly what happened i actually thought in the in the cold light day he didn't run too bad he got beat three lengths in the end by Turn the barone who um clearly likes the track but the race has worked out well the third con has won uh mountain peak the third the fourth horse of ed walkers has won subsequently so the horses that finished ahead of him have actually gone on to at least boost the form line but you can forget that run that just wasn't him um he's got the blinkers on as well for the for the first time i don't really know why they put blinkers on i think i think it was the the connection's fault for cocking up and riding him the way they did rather than the horse needing a set of headgear. I don't think he's dodgy in any stretch of the imagination at all. Um, but he does travel well. He's got a good draw right in the middle, so he can get buried in the pack. And York is very much more of a, a hold-up uh, track as well where you, you just need to be in behind the speed rather than blasting from the front. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd give him another go. I think I think he's certainly better than what we saw at Ascot. They got everything wrong that day. But hopefully if they give him a bit more of a chance, he'll um, prove that. He's, he's a, a progressive sprinter.
0: Magic J 14 to 1 with Bet365, Skybet, BetVictor, and Boyle Sports. Daryl, coming to you next. It's always, you know, your shrewdies. I, I just have a feeling you're going to tell me that you have Magic J on your shortlist as well, but you let me know what you've got.
2: I had Magic J on my shortlist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. Um, he, he, he's drawn right next to the pace in terms of Acclaim the Nation in eight and Acclaim the Nation in nine. I thought he would be sitting prominently, but but not too close to the pace Um, and prominent runners in this race in the last five years have have had a massive advantage. The last five winners were all ridden promptly here Um, and they all come down the middle of the track. So draw eight and nine, it just looks set to be set up lovely for him. Really? Um, The other one I was, I I mean, I had a massive case here for for Miras, but they pulled him out at the last minute. I'm absolutely infuriated because I thought he was an absolute shoe in for this race. Um, but claim the nation is the other one I might take a chance on. I think Jason Hart's ridden him. He's just set too fast a fractions the last twice, and he's just been caught by Lahore um, here on his penultimate start. He's better off at the weights with that one, um, and then again at Goodwood. He just got done by neck by only spoofing. I think he's definitely got a race in him. Claim the nation, um, and he's gonna be. He's gonna give you a run for his money. Whether he can hold on or not, that's gonna be the case over this extra half a furlong, if you like. But. Uh, it's mad, isn't it, really? Uh, 22 runners and me and Andy agree on the first horse in the race. But Magic J was going to be the one. Acclaim the nation, perhaps, a small each way better as well. Um, but the one thing I would say is don't worry about too much about weights in this race. I mean, the last five winners were rated 102, 102, 101, and 104. So those at the top of the weights. They do do well. Um, it's a very competitive opener. It'd be interesting to see if there's any more money for Jamal on the day. Um, normally... We have a bit of a gamble going on in the first race of the day uh, in this one. And uh, there's nothing wrong with Jamal at the top of the market, apart from the price of eight to one. I tend to steer a clear of any favorites at the top of these sort of races. Uh, I know eight to one that like you've mentioned before, George, is, uh, mm. is an attractive price in itself if you was in a completely different race. But uh, I think others have similar claims of bigger prices. And one of those is Magic J and the other one is Claim the Nation.
0: It's a kind of race where I'm, I'm. even though it's a big field and the 22 runners, I have a feeling whatever goes off favourite will probably go off shorter than eight to one because normally the money comes for something, Um and that could be Jawal who's currently eight to one favourite. Aclamation, as you mentioned, is kind of your second pick is 14 to one with Boyle Sports best price. Uh, Andy, I'm guessing if you were playing the the um, free bet streak for Betfair Exchange, it would go on Magic J.
1: It hey, would. Well, it's a race I I, I normally i like to have a couple of interests in. Um, most sprint handicaps, I t- that tends to be my strategy. But on this particular occasion, I'm not even going to complicate it because I just know this Magic J is potentially still a handicap. The way the time figure he did when he won at the Sandown suggested to me that he was uh, virgin on pattern class. Unfortunately, he didn't back it up last time. out. The market suggested he was going to, but as I said, without l- labouring the point, um, he, he didn't get ridden to best effect. But uh, if he's just given a little bit of a chance, it, like like Davos says, you don't want to be too far back here, but it, He's got such a good cruising speed. They can just slot in behind, and he's got the pace horse right next to him, so he can just mm. take a pull, just follow his trail. Really, that the furlong pond. He's got a really good turn of foot. This horse. Um, so, I'm I'm gonna maintain the faith with him, and and, and just stick with Magic J. I don't need any more um, darts at the board.
0: And Dow, yours would go. Your 20 quid would go there as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: There we go. So Magic J is the one to get us underway on Wednesday. Day at York. Uh, On to the second race of the day, seven furlong race. We've got eight in there at the moment, the Magic Eight. Uh, this is the Tattersall's Akoom Stakes. And uh, Cloudbridge is the nine to four favourite. Some disagreement in the market here. Cloudbridge, nine to four favourite with Skybet, um, but 13 to eight with William Hill, uh, seven and four with Ball Sports, and 15 to eight with Unibet. So that suggests the prices here might age, might date quite quickly. Uh, Darvel is 130 second favourite. Uh, Royal. Scimitar is the nine to two third favourite, ahead of Gear Up at six to one, um, Titan Rock twelve to one, alongside Prince uh, Praise of Shadows, Broxy twenty five to one, Spy Catcher, twenty eight to one. Eight runners at the moment, Andy. What do we what do we make of this a, as it stands?
1: Yeah, I'd have more of a strong view on the two-year-old race here than I would on a six furlong sprint handicap. Um, the, the time figures have been working out really well with, with the two-year-olds, uh, so I've got a, a, a pretty good um, handle on. Uh, who 's likely to take this race and certainly can cast the side ones that can 't win because their figures just don 't add up? Um, I, I put up a horse called River Alwyn on on the site last week um, at a nice each way price and he, he floored the odds on favor of uh, Roger varians um, and he finished third horse called Cloudbridge at uh, less the first time out and again time figure wise this horse has got so much in hand in this field it 's quite a, a ridiculous really. Um, I was hoping that Fen Rover was going to run and kind of bol- bolster the price for an each way perspective. I was I was hoping for the nine to two. He was nine to two post but now he's out. Obviously, the market's reformed. Uh, I, I know that uh, Rhythm Master, the 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 fire horse, was going to run in the gym Crack, so um, he was definitely one worth backing from an anti post perspective. But even now at nine to four, still think he's, he's worth a little bit of an interest. He'll definitely be a horse I'll be putting up uh, come Wednesday morning. Based on, on his numbers, I like the way he did it. He just slightly outpaced, and then he, he finished his race off very strong. But that's exactly what kind of horse often wins at York, particularly on the round track. You don't want them too close to the speed. Here. You just want them coming through late on. Um, so he looks as though he ticks quite a lot of boxes. Nice Colt as well in the making. Um, Darville's probably the main threat. He, he improved from his first run to his second run. He didn't clock a bad time when he won at air last time out. So if you fancy him, he's not dead in, dead in the water with regards figures. But the likes of Royal Scimitar praise the shadows, particularly gear up. Haven't done anywhere near the kind of numbers that suggest they're group three standard. Even Titan Rock, to be honest. Um, I put him up when he won at Goodwood. But he didn't run the kind of number there that suggested he's, he's quite as good. And he's only got a rating of 85. So, you know, he's, you're going to need a horse probably in the 90s, mid-90s to win this. Uh, Cloudbridge definitely is that based on these numbers that he, well, that he clocked at Leicester. So, confident choice here for Cloudbridge. Cloudbridge,
0: 9-4 to four at the moment with Skybet. But as I said, a couple of firms... Uh, including William Hill going thirteen to eight, so take that nine to four probably if you can. Uh, Daryl, who are you fancying uh, in this two-year-old race?
2: I've not got a strong opinion in these two two-year-old races. Uh, Andy definitely more than covered the race for he me. Is I the just man. Want to, yeah, he is. I just wanted to ask him quickly though. Uh, Praise the Shadows, uh, how far off Cloudbridge? I mean, we're playing. For, we've got three places here. Praise the Shadows. I was quite impressed with the way he did it at Chester. I didn't think the track would totally suit big, long striding type. I thought you're. Hmm. Would really suit. How far off um, the rest of these is Praise of the Shadows on t- in terms of your figures for 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 a place?
1: Well, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what they've done. I've got ninety-one for Cloudbridge, which is above average. Anything that does over a ninety on on our numbers is group class for a two-year-old. Uh, he did eighty-four at Chester, so that's not bad. He's not too far off. Uh, second in his Darville with an eighty-seven, but then the rest are all seventies and eighty-one, like uh, for uh, Royal Scimitar, 70, seventy-six for. Gear up. So those kind of horses, you know, they've they've got to improve massively in what they've done. They're too far behind a horse who's done a 91, but somewhere in the mid 80s, like I say 84 for for the body horse, who who did did it well around Chester. Yeah, he'd still have to improve to beat Cloud but it's not it's not beyond the realms of of uh, possibility. And the fact that he's 12 to one, you know, based on numbers, I'd rather back him each way at 12 than I would Gear Up or Roll Symmetry based on what they've done. Yeah, so, yeah, perfect.
0: So the eye test and and the data agrees. <laughs> Praise Shadows looks to be the value at twelve to one. Uh, if you're looking for an each way bet, um, so we can go into this double handed. I reckon with Cloudbridge and Praise Shadows. Anything you wanted to add in terms of Praise of Shadows there, Daryl?
2: Uh, no, no. no. It's uh, very <coughs> interesting to see what sort of figures he did because he did he did was pleasing on the eye. I didn't think Chester was was really suited um, to his run style. He's got a massive long stride. Very green when he hit the front, but kept on for pressure. I just really like the way he did it. I thought he would come on again for that run. So, um, and now with Andy's figures, I think 12 to 1 each way uh, with three places on offer, perhaps even without the favourite on the day. If Andy's that confident on Cloudbridge, I think he uh, could write a bet.
0: There you have it. Praise the Shadows 12 to 1 with uh, Bet Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, and Skybet. On now to the third race of the day and uh, it's the Vol- Voltager and we have, sponsored by Skybet, I should say, and Mogul is the two-to-one favourite ahead of Darain at three-to-one. Uh, Roberto Escobar is seven-to-one. Highland Chief, eight-to-one. Driver 11-to-one. <clears throat> bark Rocco, 12-to-one. Um, Subjectivist, 12-to-one. Juan Elcano, 14-to-one. It's another magic eight as it stands. Uh, Daryl, I'll come to you first up here. Two at the top of the market um, with very different form figures, it's fair to say, um, different profiles. Who Do you mean? Do you think they have them the right way around as it stands?
2: Um, I, I don't know how the hell Mogul's two to one for this race. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really don't. I mean, what what's he done? I think he's, I think I he's know. got say, wait, <laughs> um, I thought he benefited from subjectivist going too fast last time out at Goodwood. Um, I thought subjectivist was the one to take from that race. Um, and he's in here at around 12 to 1, I think, George, and he's subjectivist.
0: Yeah, 12 to 1, yeah.
2: Um, he may well get things all his own way out on the front end if uh, Juan carlo doesn't pester him as he's stepping up and trips. So he might well get a soft lead again. Um, and I thought he was improving. The form of his Ascot handicap uh, was given a massive boost by the winner, Who um at the weekend. And... Uh, <sighs> I think subjectivists at around 12 to 1 is is a decent each-way price. Look, in terms of the actual winner, I, I I think this race over the years has been won by some outstanding horses and Dorain really does fit that profile. He's only been given a mark of 96. Um, he's obviously got tons more to come, but the hype and the, uh, you know, the pedigree and all that, it's all built into the price for this race. But these lot don't really set a, a high enough standard. I thought instead of looking for the winner in this race, I'd be playing subjectivist each way. If he can get on the front end and, and make this a bit of a test, be a little bit more conserved than he was at Goodwood, I think he would have the holding of uh, the likes of Mogul and Highland Chief, personally.
0: Nice. 12-1 to 1, Sky Bet Betfair Sportsbook, Paddy Power and Betfred for subjectivist. Um, Andy, what's
1: taking your eye here? Yeah, I'm, I'm similar to, to Daryl with what I want to take on Mogul. I thought he benefited from how the race panned out at Goodwood. He was in that second echelon in behind the pace. There's like two or three that went quite quickly from the front uh, and the pace collapsed, in, including Subjectivist, who actually did well to hang on for third. But the, the sort of two two horses, the main two fancied horses, were held at the back, English King and Al Arzi, got given horrific rides by their jockeys on the day. And Mogul just... He was just in the right place at the right time to slot in uh, the penalty kick that, that presented itself to him. But I'm certainly not convinced about that form in in its entirety. Uh, the time figures, the time figure wasn't good enough um, to suggest I want to be taking two to one here. Um, Doreen as well. I, I don't see what he's done at, uh, up to now to, to to make me want to back him at eleven to four. I, I, I agree with that He's he's a nice horse going forward. Um, what do your uh,
0: figures say on, because on, obviously, you know, lightly yeah,
1: race. Done, he hasn't done anything. Um, they, they went very slowly last time out at Newmarket. Obviously, the slow pace caused him to be very keen, and I thought he did really well to win um, in the end, given how keen he was. But, I mean, he was a six-on kick six-on favourite, but uh, I, I, cause I don't think there was any strength in depth in that race at all. The fact that he was six-on tells you all you need to know about the others. So, there is one horse in this race here who's done much more than what Durain has done, and yet he's Three times the price, and that's Roberto Escobar. I, I think this is a fair tool in the making. That this haggis uh, horse, but the day when he ran at Haydock, um, I think I was doing William Hill radio that, that, that day. And, and mm. the one horse I said to take out the whole meeting that day was Roberto Escobar. He got no looking rot whatsoever. Um, in there was two divisions of a mile and a quarter made. He missed the break, got in all sorts of trouble, finished on the bridle. And if no, great surprise to me to see him then come to York next time out and step up markedly on what he did first time out. But that galloping straight at York really did play to his strengths. If you watch the video back on him, his last two furlongs, he was literally taking off. Uh, He went from sort of been two lengths down and scrubbed along to about four or five lengths clear at the line. And he beat a very good field. Matthew Flinders had won at Doncaster the time before. What was called Thamore had. has got a very, very big reputation. Should have won Wolverhampton the other day, but didn't get a very, particularly good ride. Brentford Hope was, the, was one of the uh, sort of like talking horses for the Derby Earl in the season. He was fifth. He didn't run too badly the other day at Kempton. There's, there was a lot of strength in depth in that race, uh, even though it was a novice state. So I think he certainly ran up to at least group three standard. And I think the extra trip of, of the voltage are really suited. We know he handles York. I think that's another very important point to, to make. York is a very funky track. It often suits certain types of horses that can handle it, but some horses just will not operate on it. And he's the only horse, as, as far as I can see, who's got solid form, if not winning form, at the track. So that counts for a lot. Anything that Haggis runs at, at this, his favourite track um, has got to be um, seriously um, uh, marked up. Uh, and I, I, I just love him. Even though he's rated 90, That, that's just a total nonsense. <laughs> you can put... <laughs> you, can, you the handicappers has got to give him something and he's obviously just giving him a mark based on what he beat that day but it's quite clear that he's
2: capable of much better than that um so yeah i'm a big fan of roberto Escobar here probably says a fair bit that they've stuck him in here rather than sticking him in a handicap and making use of that mark doesn't
1: it that's right he was he was down to running the the melrose um i, I actually think he was he was he was priced up in the um in the ebor obviously the ebor uh, weights and and the, the entries have come out today so he, he wouldn't be, wouldn't have been in that now he's in his but I know a lot of firms are quoted him for, for the Ebor, so some firms are p- perhaps um potentially try to try to keep him on side for that. But yeah, he's 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 just completely bypassing any handicap marks that he could have exploited. I mean, he would have been a shoe in if they would have running him in the Melrose. Hmm. But yeah, look, Haggis knows he's got a group also. Like I say, forget a rating and night, it just means it's just just doesn't mean anything.
0: Roberto to Escobar, seven to one with Sky Bet
1: Betfair, Bet Victor
0: and Paddy Power. For the Skybet Great Voltage, uh, the Group 2 at 2.45 on Wednesday, um, alongside Daryl's picks, Subjectivist at 12 to 1. Um, now for the Juddamont, uh, we currently have six runners as it stands, and it looks like a hell of a race with Guyath at 11 to 8, is the 11 to 8 favourite with William Hill and Bet Victor. Camaco is 4 to 1 alongside Magical, and then comes Lord North at 9 to 2. Aspetar fourteen to one and Rosa Kildare a hundred to one. Let's start with Gayath Andy. We've spoken about Gayath a few times this year, and I think it's quite clear to see that with every one, with every run, with every win, the respect uh, that this horse is getting from the racing world um just grows and grows. And maybe surprising to me to see him still available at an odds against price here. Um what do you make of of both Gayath and the the likely the likely challenges in behind?
1: Well, it's pretty obvious that that win at um, Sandown, last time and the Coral Eclipse, is, is the is the, the benchmark, isn't it, uh, coming in here to beat Enable the way that he did that day, serving it up from the front. Pretty much tells you that, um, you know, he's he's probably the the the, the best small and a quarter horse around at the moment, certainly in the world over this trip, as far as I could see. Enable obviously wasn't quite on the money that day. Japan hasn't exactly boosted the form, and you could say that neither has Deirdre either. So, there is one or two little chinks of armoury in that form line to suggest maybe he might have been a little bit flattered on the day. But it's a hard horse to hard track to make all the running and serve it up the way that he did. Um, you know, it's a very stiff finish. If, if he was going to be vulnerable, it would have been on, the, on that day. This flatter track should suit him. He'd be off in front again. He, look, he's easy, he's an easy ride, isn't he, for Buick. Just, just point and shoot him, and, and and you know the long straight, flat track, he'll just keep galloping. But I don't think it's quite a straightforward task as, as perhaps you or the market suggest there, because we've got one or two big guns coming into this race who've still got quite a bit to offer, including Lord North. I don't think we've quite got to the bottom of this chap right already um, wholeheartedly. I think he's still going in the you know the right way physically. And to look at him, he's an amazing specimen to look at. Um, so I think there's going to be more to come from him. I think Aspertar's a player. I like the way he won over the track, again, course and distance form, beating the right horses last time out. I don't think there was any fluke about his performance. His winning time was very good. And let's not forget Magical as well. I mean, she didn't beat, or couldn't lay a glove on enable in this race last year, but her time figure when she won it to the Cura last time out suggested she's got even better subsequently, beating Sir Dragon A. Um, now that race has worked out well. Armory, who was fourth, has dotted up since. So there's lots of strength and depth in this race. And, and that's not forget Cameco as well, who was a bit unlucky in the, uh, well, more than a bit unlucky in the Sussex. Act. So opposition wise, this race is a good deal deeper, I think, than the Sandown race, and notwithstanding Enable's presence anyway, let's say mm. it's um, Sandown. Um, so I wouldn't be backing him at five to four. Whether I'll have a bet in the race, I don't know. But if you gave me a, th- a free shot and say, Andy, right, you know, what what are you going to chuck it on here? What, what, what? I'd probably back at the price is magical. Because um, I, I think she's already proven as a, a dual Group One winner, and when she's on her A game, she's as good as it as good as it gets. Um, so uh, tentatively, Herbert. Yeah, I think this is a fascinating race to watch.
0: Maybe a watching brief there for Andy, um, but we'll see on the morning, Wednesday morning. It might be all changed. So keep an eye on his column. But four to one about Magical is where he would put his free bet if anyone was foolish enough to give him one. Um, Daryl. What do you make of this
2: uh, six-runner affair? I, I, I personally couldn't really find an angle into this race. I've, I, I thought that Guy have had optimum conditions here um, to be at his absolute best. Um, I don't think he's going to get taken on for the lead. Uh, he's four out of five over this trip. He's only been beaten by um, the eventual ARC winner in Volgeist. Um, three for three. Um, and a career best. Uh, three for three on good ground, sorry. And a career best last time. So there's not really any sort of angle to, to take him on with. I think he's like I say, I think he's going to get a soft lead and I think it's going to be catch me if he can. And I'm not entirely sure there's anything good enough in there to catch him. Um So it's a no bet race for me, even though I do have presented a solid case for Guy F6. I was going to gonna say,
0: it's it 11 to I, eight. Um, is, is there not like uh a- Bit of an angle there that if you think the race, you know, if you think he's the quality horse and you think that he is the race is going to, you know, fall to suit, is that not an argument that the 11 to 8 is worth taking?
2: Yeah, if it was any other horse, but it's Gaia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And look, we know how he can be. He's not straightforward. Um, He could be his best one day and he can be a total nutcase the next day. And at six to five, it just doesn't really. To be honest, those sort sort of prices don't really interest me anything. anyway, normally. Um, so I'll just play a watching brief here. I thought Espertar, I did like it the way he won last time, but he, he's going to need to really step forward again. But he might get this race run to suit if something like Rosa Kildare goes up the front and just pest his, his guy in the very early part of the race. I don't think she'll be able to go with him for much longer than the first three furlongs, but it could be telling early for Gaiaf. Um, but no bet for me. Apologies.
0: That's okay. It's going to be a fascinating race. If there's a race to watch on the day without needing to have a financial interest to make it exciting, that is certainly the one. Um, should be an absolute cracker with those uh, six runners, five of them with, with live chances, you have to say. Um, moving on now to the 345, the third last race of the day. It's another handicap this time over um, just over two miles. Uh, we have Mate My Day, six to one favourite, Monsieur Lambre, seven to one, true destiny, seventeen to two, volcanic sky, another one where if you're you know if you're not using the odds checker app and you're taking the six to one with bet three six five, and you find out a couple of minutes later there's ten to one with Skybet and with Bet Victor, you'll feel very, very silly indeed. Uh, just Hubert, twelve to one, solo saxophone, twelve to one with 365, seven to one elsewhere. Just in time, fourteens alongside Rochester House, Roginski, seventeen run here um darryl i'll come to you first any any views any strong fancies
2: um i'm gonna have two stabs at this mm-hmm. here okay. and now is a horse of ralph uh ralph beckett's that won this in 2018 off a mark of 91 absolutely hosed up and was put up to a mark of 100 by the handicapper now that was obviously 2018 has been off since then returned to ascot with a lovely prep run Uh, to come back here. And today he's off a mark of 96. Um, I love the way he was just smuggled into the race at Ascot. Um, Had a nice little bit of a turn of foot, but it just petered out when he was short of room coming up the inside rail uh, back in June. Now They've left him off since then, and he's returning to this race. Um, And Ralph Beckett's got a good record in this race. He's won it the last couple of years, previous to last year, two years before that, with this horse and with Magic Circle. I think this horse is well handicapped, and I think this has been the target um, since trying to get him back. So he could be very interesting. Uh, and Volcanic Sky was the other one. I thought he could potentially um, step out of handicap company going forward. He'll need to win. He'll need to be a pattern class performer to win this race off this mark of 102. But um, he is improving at a rate of knots. And uh, oshi Murphy's on board. There's, there's a lot to like about him as well. I'm not entirely convinced about the favourite make my day. Um, I think people are looking at that piece of Goodwood form and suggesting that uh, this horse is going to be as good as the horse behind him. That was a messy race that day, um, but it was impressive. The way it, was, it wasn't impressive, but it was it was a nice performance the way she did it um, here at York uh, on seasonal return. I'm not entirely convinced she's going to want this this mammoth trip of two miles though. Uh, make my day, but um, I'll be siding with the other Beckett horse.
0: So here and now, as you mentioned, yep. is uh, eighteen to one. And volcanic sky ten to one the, the two make my day. Maybe one to swerve at the top of the market. Dandy, do you agree with what with what Daryl's had to say?
1: Yeah, largely speaking, a um, bit of a one from left field here and now in many respects. Um, but yeah, I will have to respect his judgment there. Um, volcanic sky definitely could see the, the um, angle in on that one, even though he's got top weight. Um, his, his victory last time at Kempton was a very good time. Um, beating was it Pianissimo? I think it was last time track specialist. Yeah. Um, you know, that's fairly solid form. But I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised that the Goodwood winner um, just here, bit such a big price here, 12-1 to 1 across the board, strikes me as being a smidgen of value because he not only won that day, but he, his runs probably prior to that as well suggested that he wasn't quite the 20-25-1 shot that he should have been. Actually, it was one of those ones I kicked myself because when I downloaded the numbers and looked back again on that day after he won at Goodwood, he got three of the four fastest times. Um, it was just a trip which was the issue. I didn't know whether he'd get the two-mile, four-and-a-half. But he, he's run even, even he's run down the field behind Caravan I Hope in the um, Northumberland Plate was a good one, considering where he was. Um, but he, he was a very, very creditable fifth in the Melrose here last year. Again, track form. I keep going on about that. But if you've got a horse that's already proven here at York, particularly in a hot race, it's got to be worth it to weight in gold. Uh, but that, that was a good race last year. That, you know, Hamish won it. Third in line was second. Hamish was favoured for the E-ball this year until having the injury and the in line is going to be a, a prominent uh, fancy, I'd imagine. And he was only like just a few lengths behind those. So he's got form at the track. Um, he stays really well. Um, so, yeah, I think 12 to 1 for him is more than fair.
0: 12 to 1 there for Andy. Uh, On to the penultimate race of the day. It's the Phillies' sprint over five furlongs, 4.20. And only Skybet are out at the moment, the sponsors of the race. But at least we actually have some prices because often when we do these, we have to guess uh, for these last couple of races. But keep busy and dancing in the street are the seven to two joint favourites. Lady in France and Pink Sands, 11 to two joint second favourites. Um, May Gold nine nine to one. Uh, Electric Ladyland, 14s alongside Glorious Anna and Princess Power, 16 to one bar. Andy, that's probably the first you've heard of the prices because I think they are hot off the press. But mm. um, do they tally with, with the way that you've tissued up? Well, you would... You know your tissue would look if you were to price up this race.
1: Yeah, I, I I haven't even got that that far to sort of have a strong opinion on this race yet. Um Look, uh, the, you know the form of that race at York here a few few weeks back uh, won by Queen Jojo's probably probably the the seminal form line, isn't it? That was a Group Three contest. I had all the best fillies that went into that race. Lots of horses been running in listed or pattern races, Group Threes, and and some handicappers on the up and. I thought Queen Queen Jojo was a good winner that day. But if you look further down the list, um, John Quinn's Keep Busy ran a little bit better than the finishing position suggests. He got a bad draw, raced towards the near-side fence, didn't get the clearest to run through. I thought that was not a bad run. But then if you, if you take her run in isolation next time, out when she went to Hamilton um, in a slightly smaller field, I thought she was really destructive that day. She beat Stable Companion and Astronaut very much against the the stable's wisdom that day that they they fancied their Astronaut to, to get the bragging rights. La Hull was in that race as well. He'd previously won at York. And and Tarbush, uh, who um, was also quite well fancied, um, off the back of a good run at York, he was last of the five. So there's a lot of strength and depth in that race. And I thought Key Busy did well, really well to beat. Horses were rated in the hundreds. Um, so technically speaking, she's still quite well handicapped here. Uh, she's got a fair draw right in the middle and stall eight of the 13 runners. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give her a bit of a positive shout if if, I, if, I, if you held a gun to me head.
0: <laughs> I won't do that, Andy, not yet anyway. Uh, seven or two, keep busy. We'll see after a couple of days of York, uh, see where we get to. But keep busy, seven or two. Daryl, any, any of you here?
2: Yeah, this is my strongest fancy yeah. of the day, probably. Uh, dancing in the street, back down to five furlongs. Um, don't know what on earth they were thinking going up to six furlongs, to be honest with you. Um, back at five furlongs. That third Ascot behind Art Power beating only three lengths with a clear run would have finished a little bit closer. And there's no no chance she would have beaten Art Power, of course, but she would have finished a little bit closer. That was straight 115. If they met today, Art Power would have to give her 28 pounds. Um, she's better than this mark of 87 um, and a strongly run five furlongs is definitely what she needs. To go back to her run at Haydock behind Ishvara, Royal Context one next time out. It's £10 higher on the mark of 90. The winner... It's oh, £11 higher on a mark of 90. And she got no run that day. She would have won very comfortably that day at Haydock. Back down to five furlongs. Drawn next to the pace against, uh, next to Glorious Anna, who's definitely going to be the pace angle in this in stall 7. I think she can just sit behind and I think she can just kick away at the finish. I think this is a, a, a straight shooting job, if I'm being honest. I hope my confidence uh, pays off in this because I, I really do fancy her. Point she, and uh, shoot. Point and shoot. That's what the phrase I was looking for. <laughs> and straight. it's
1: straight. I think she qualifies as the horse that I've put up the most so far this season on, on my <laughs> to my checkup. I put her up the last three runs um, at Ascot when she was unlucky behind uh, Art Power, as Daryl said. I then went in, I went for her again when, I wouldn't say she should have won, but the draw did it completely at Newmarket when. I think it was the, the 40 to 1 shot progressive uh, rising that came down the middle and she won her race on the far side, including Marehouse. I think there's five or six horses on the far side. And she absolutely skilled them. And I thought, God, this is no way this horse is, a, is a, an 85-rated handicapper based on that run. And then I, I, I put her up again at a big price. I think she was 20 to 1 or something ridiculous in the morning at York. Um, for some reason or another, she just didn't fire that day. That made a case out being six furlongs not being her trip. But she had never at any point did she look like winning. And that's not like her. Normally... She's got very good cruising speed. She sits on the bridle in behind and can really quicken. Um, so whether it was York, whether it was a track, well, I don't know. She just had an off day for me. Um, Fingers crossed it wasn't York.
0: And that's
1: the, well, that's it. So I say, I'd, I'd just be a little bit more perhaps circumspect than Daryl is because she's going back to York and, that was the scene of her only bad run this season, because that, oh, that was, was definitely a below for below par effort. I, I can't even. I, I mean, Daryl's made the case that being six furlongs a problem, but she stayed six really well at Newmarket at the time for on soft ground. So, I'm not necessarily it was the trip that did her. I actually thought that she benefited more more from it, having watched the previous ones have a five the way she was staying on. Time will tell. He, he could be right, but um, like I said, I'm just on the fence with her at the moment after that York run.
0: Daryl, anything to add or come back with, us she we move on to the last?
2: I would just forgive her, forgive her the, the York run. To be honest with you, um, in, a, in a Group Three, back in a handicap today is a bit of a different level of opposition here. Um, I, I think if she's not winning off eighty-seven, I mean, Christ,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. What a way. To finish uh, that race, we've got one more to go, but I love that. That's quite clearly a strong fancy for Daryl. He literally cannot see it. Beat. Christ,
1: exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: on to the nursery now. And again, Skybet are the, the race sponsors, and they're the only firm who are currently out with prices now at one quarter past one on, on Monday afternoon. Uh, line of departure is four to one. Favourite ahead of uh, Mutazawed, uh, Churchill Bay, um, and Matizawed are both 9 to two cairn island is thirteen to two alongside Tussarok Perotto eight to one twelve to one bar um Andy coming to you here first have you had a chance to have a look at this one
1: yeah uh, i've had a i've had a good um shifty through this uh i think there's quite a well handicapped horse here off a of mark of eighty and his name's cairn island um I think he's capable of much better than one we've seen so far he, he come up against that rhythm master I'll get on to him a little bit later um in in another Preview because I, I do think Richard Fire has got a very good two-year-old there. But that that race at Haydock, that Novice Stakes on the 17th of July, was one of the fastest times I've got outside of like one of the big meetings, like a Goodwill and Ascot. I quickly marked that 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 Rhythm Master down as a group horse, and I, I followed the form subsequently. Unfortunately, Solent Getaway let the side down for me uh, straight off the bat last week at Haydock. But he, I just think he found the ground too firm, and he didn't really let himself down. But um, luckily for for the Decker followers. Of my column, Rolf Rembrandt, who was third, uh, got the job done yesterday and bolted up off a mark of 70 in, in the high 70s. And this Cairn Island was um, one place behind him in fourth, but he tried to make the running that day, and he was the one that was responsible for the such, the, the, such a strong, strong time figure. Mm. Uh, anyway, he went, he went to air next time out, uh, got a bit more of a conservative ride, and absolutely dotted up. He went into that race rated 78, but he, he's only come out of it two pound higher. Uh, his first run was f- fifth in that very hot maiden at um Haydock behind Devious company, who's now been running in Group Two races. Youth Spirit was fourth, who went on to win at uh, Newmarket. Ran well at Goodwood. It, you know he's been running against horses who are now running in races like you know the Vintage Stakes and and the and the and the uh, the Jim Crack at York. So I mean, how he's got a mark here of 90, God only knows. And you know, Kevin Ryan in these races that you're you're with for this for this particular setup, you know, you, their colours are often very much to keep on side. Um, he's got a good draw trap four, as far as I can see. Um, don't want to be too far out, too far too far knit um, towards the mm. near side. So that that'll be absolutely bang on. Um, so yeah, very confident with him to run in a big what price was he? Thirteen to two?
0: Thirteen to two he's opened up.
1: But yeah, he'll definitely be um on my um I'm not sure for Wednesday. Get on, get on the phone to Sky, but Andy. Um, well, it's particularly for, yeah, for 13 to two, four places. Goodness me. Andy, so excited.
2: I know. I well, we, we've, had, we've had both of you getting
0: very excited in the last couple
1: of races. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but the the, the two-year-olds, I I, I I spend more time watching the two-year-old races and marking them up and, and rating them and, Getting in a vision of how could they, how how good they could be, and what kind of rating I'd I'd give them based on their time figures, and some of them just get like that. Rolf Rembrandt yesterday, I mean, he he got a mark in the seventies, and he was up against horses that he should really be beating, and he did. And I, I think this fella, I don't think there's anything better handicapped than him coming in this, in this race.
0: There you have it, uh, Daryl. Do you do you have anything to take on Andy's with, or uh, or any, what would you agree?
2: Absolutely not. I would never take Andy on in the two-year-old race. Um, <laughs> Much respect for that. That's a, that a fantastic case. Um, I'll be following him in.
0: There you have it, thirteen to two. About the good thing in the lucky last there, Cairn Island, thirteen to two at the moment, as it stands with SkyBet. Um, just before we move on and end this Wednesday podcast, and then we're going to record Thursday. Back to the Betfair Exchange uh, free bet streak. Let's just say that Magic J wins the first for both of you. So you can both spin your winnings um, onto the next one. Um, or, you know, or, or or not, if it doesn't win, because it's a free bet streak. Uh, what would you be putting your, your money on? So effectively, what is the nap, Daryl, here on day one? Where would you be putting your second bet?
2: Uh, dancing in the street. If I could only have one bet for the day, it'd be on, uh, it'd be on dancing in the street. But if, you, if I could have two in my free bet rolls on, it'll definitely be going on dancing in the street in a 420.
0: There we have it. And Andy, yours will be going on to, I reckon, the lucky last. Um,
2: at, the prices, at the prices, yeah. If,
1: if, if it's an each-way bet, yeah. If, you, if you're forcing me to go win only, then it'd be Cloudbridge. But I, I'll be hopeful that the figures would lead me down the right direction with Cloudbridge in the Acom and, and Cairn Island in the last.
0: Bridge in the Achem and Cairn Island in the last. There you have it. Um, thank you very much to both Andy and Daryl for joining me today. As I said, make sure you download God's Checker app so you can see their tips first before anyone else before the prices start to tumble as well on the app you can also get the very best prices the best free bets and the best bookie offers this has been the preview for day one of the york Ebor festival we're going to record um the thursday preview now which you'll be able to find on any podcast channel or on the odds checker youtube page as well so hopefully we've given you a couple of winners and please do gamble responsibly